Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. It's a mini-sode. Hi, it's Frida. And it's Abby. Welcome to Science at the Minisodes, Slasher Movies Edition. This miniseries, we're talking about some of the best slasher movies across the decades and bringing the science to some of our favorite death scenes. So let's talk gore, pre-pandemic mass culture, and pretty girls running up the stairs. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> we are starting with one of the best slasher movies ever made. You agree with me, right? Scream. Scream. Um, Such a good movie, right? It's not only, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I've seen it so many times. So many times. That That's the thing, right? It's just one of those movies where it's like, it's a great slasher movie. It's a great, just great scary movie, gore movie, like horror. But it's it's just a great movie. Mm-hmm. The cast is great. The The writing is great. The... Just the shots, the style, the music, everything. It just lines up. It's fantastic. I love it. Fantastic. Wahoo. So how are we doing? So how are we doing the format for this mini series? Abby, tell us. Uh, Okay. Well, yeah. So I've got a bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. So think think about your answers. The questions will be at what point did you... Well, do you know what? I won't list the questions. We'll just do them as we go along. So our first movie in Science of the Slashers is Scream 1996, directed by Wes Craven. With an opening sequence that seals its place in horror history, Scream lays out the rules for a classic slasher and then breaks them all right to our faces. <laughs> our presumed lead is gutted in the first 10 minutes, and what follows is a masterclass in setting the tone for a smart and funny gore fest. Dripping in pop culture, witty lines, classic misdirect, duo killers, Henry Winkler... Freddy the Krueger is a janitor, and the birth of Cox Arquette. This movie delivers time and time again. What's more, it teaches us valuable life lessons. Never live in a house without neighbours. Delete Tinder immediately. Don't ever drink. Always have an escape plan. And for the love of God, do not have sex. Now, (laughs) if you absolutely must have sex, then make sure you shoot twice and aim for the head. Don't fear the reaper. That is a great reference, don't feel the reaper. Sorry, <laughs> Phil. That is a great Fear. reference, don't fear the reaper. That's the song that's playing in the background um, in the first scene that we meet Sydney. Isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Is it? Is that the scene that it's in? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, I just love, I love all yeah. the music in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, the, car, the, the, the soundtrack is amazing. It's so fun. It's it is. Original. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, just the whole movie is really fun. I just, there's just great fun, right? Shots and everything. That's in it. the word um, for it. Do you know it. that we have a, it's do you know we have a Scream 5 to look forward to next year? A Scream, oh, really? Yeah. I've seen Courtney all of Fox the Screams. David Arquette is back. Oh, really? Yeah, this question, it's not confirmed yet as to whether Neve Campbell is doing it, but hey. Oh. Right. Anyway. Okay, so let's get into it. Right. First first and foremost, I mean, the first basic question for any scary movie. At what point did you jump out of your skin? Do you like scary movies? Okay. I think this is a difficult question. Am I going first? Do you want to go first? Let's take it in turn. Yeah, you go first. I'll ask you. Yeah, no, I'll ask you. Okay. Because this movie isn't necessarily scary per se, 
also because I've seen it so many times. I under I know where all the big um, kills are going to come. Mm. But there is one scene which always always gets me, and I think, right. and I'm going to call it the red herring tracking shot. It's the shot okay. where you first see Sydney in her home, and the camera is tracking her through the house, and right. the soundtrack is kind of eerie. And you're expecting at any moment for the killer to appear. And they're doing it on purpose to totally freak you out. But the best one is when they're following her into the hall closet and she opens up the closet and the closet is blocking the house. And you just feel like she's going to close the door and the killer is going to be on the other side. It always gets me. I know the killer isn't there, but it's like the tingles in the back of my neck and I'm like every time she closes it and it's with a bit of a a sound effect like a kind of sound effect and you just do like "Ah!" yeah can't help it it's like it's reflexive it's amazing because it's so true I remember when I even when I was watching it this week and I watched that scene and I know that that's not the moment but I was still like stressed because I couldn't see the hall I was like I need to be able to see the hall yeah and then he does he bursts out of the cupboard like 10 minutes later he he does but it's that scene it's it's just it just messes with us it's so good it's It's great I think that's what I mean about like the whole misdirect thing like they just do they try to lead you into a certain way and Mm. then they kind of trick you and then you get it a little bit later and you're like it's they're so aware it's like they're it's it's like very aware of itself as a scary movie and very aware of us being used to scary movies and playing with Mm. all that knowing it's yeah absolutely what was yours yeah so i i mine is like it's a similar kind of idea in that i've seen it so many times that like i know where the jumps are i know where the moments where you're just like fuck and there's loads of them and i could pick anything but i decided to go with the one that resonates in my mind like from memory yeah from memory of the first time seeing this movie and the thing that's stuck in my brain always and it's the scene in the bathroom when he steps down off the toilet oh with the boots with the police the boots. boots come down off the top of the toilet because that is the scene for me in my life that made me check under toilet doors and not trust it Mm. forever. Because every time it happens, I just go, fuck. Because he's at the top and she's at the end. And it's because because of that. They did that. She checked under the toilet doors. There's nobody there. It's okay. It's safe. So where's he going to come from? Like, they've set it up. She's alone in the bathroom. They're making us think something's going to happen. Where's he going to come from? And then just that slow, just mm. the step, step. And it's not not necessarily a big jump, but I think the first time I saw it, I definitely was like, ah! It just makes your blood pressure rise very quickly. Yeah, yeah. just and, like going, oh no. And it's with these musical accents as well, this sort of little mm. even violin. And it's so good. It's the fact as well that it makes you really kind of think because I do feel like it tricked me into who the killer was the police oh yeah yeah no that misdirect like just i loved that little kind of like all the little tippets that they do to make you think but it just it made you kind of go oh well it can't be billy why because we just saw him yeah yeah well the, and it, i don't know why because you make the assumption that the killer was in the bathroom when she went in there mm-hmm. Yes. Do you know, it's just, but then also like, how did he know she was going to go? Oh God, I don't know. We can't get into that now. There's, we can't get into that now, but the movie for a while makes you think it's Billy. And then for a while tries to make you think it isn't Billy. And, and 
Yeah. Yeah. No, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. Moving on from the jump to the death. What, Frida, is your favorite death scene? Yeah, you tell me what you went with. Okay. I went with Casey. Yeah, that was one of my two. Did you pick Casey? Yeah. Because it's the so, best. <laughs> this is, yeah. The, well, because this is the one. We were like, with this, it was like, okay, so we're going to we're gonna look at it from like a science perspective. Mm. Um, so everyone would expect us to do Tatum. Um, but uh, it's funny. We both picked Casey. <laughs> I've got both of them down here, but. Okay, cool. All right, well then I'll I'll go with the um with because what I I went down a weird little rabbit hole with the Casey thing. Okay. In that okay, well first of all, right, they never fully clarify it, but do you think they both killed Casey? Well, my note with Casey was stringing a body up as quick as the killer did. Right. To me, is not a one person job. As, yeah. as quickly as it was, and then disappearing. Well, the disappearing part yeah. is still a bit of a mystery, but mm-hmm. no one dis- I'll talk about it later. But yeah, I think we can. Any the, the, the great part about this movie is that anything that there, there's a little bit of like, how would they do that? It is all solved by the fact that there's two killers. Yeah. Everything. Well, what I thought was really cool about this was initially I assumed that Billy killed. Casey and Steve um, without really thinking about that final bit because purely of the next scene Mm -hmm. when they're talking about it and they say oh Stu didn't you date Casey and Tatum is like oh he was with me last night so you're like oh well it must have been Billy when you know who the killers are you're like okay well Billy killed them Mm -hmm. but here's something sciencey for you (laughs) Casey's injuries death was right strangulation multiple stab wounds Gutted and hung. Yes. And they did all that to Drew Barrymore. How dare they? <laughs> um, so, Gutted, right. Strong. What happened was I found, I just started looking at strangulation because I was interested in the moment where like, it looks like they break the windpipe and she can't talk. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to have a look at this. And I found like this super interesting blog post by a group called CEB, which is a nonprofit program in the University of California. And they exist to give information to lawyers. The blog post was seven facts every judge and attorney should know when domestic violence involves strangulation. Jesus. And there's a quote in it where it says, Strangu- and quote, strangulation is one of the most terrorizing and lethal forms of violence used by men against their intimate female partners. Jesus. And when I read that, it made me immediately go, Stu killed Casey. I don't ah, care what Tatum said. It's too personal. Stu and Casey used to date. It's too personal for Billy to do it. That was, oh. Casey left Stu for Steve. Yeah. So that's why they picked Stephen Casey first, and Stu had to have been the one to kill him. Because it's too intimate. It had to be. Because, yeah, I mean, he knelt, right, because he knelt on her, and the amount of pressure and force that he put on her throat, because, right, <laughs> the thing about her losing her voice is actually really easy to do. So it's because <laughs> it takes apparently 33 pounds of pressure to block the airflow through strangulation. Yeah. And the average handshake is a minimum of 80 pounds of pressure just for a handshake. Okay. So if you think about how much pressure you put in a handshake, you need way less than that to block the airflow. Amazing. Wow. And, you heard, and he, he pressed on her so hard you heard yeah. the crack. Oh, now shit. I don't know how realistic the crack is and stuff, but like that was aggression. That was personal. That was Stu. Dun, dun, and then Billy dun, had dun, to dun, be dun, there. Dun, dun, dun. Abby. T- telling you. 
Um, <laughs> the, the whole thing about motives, there's a, a really good point at the end when they're admitting to it that killers, you don't need a motive. Mm-hmm. Like there might be understandable motives in both of them. The fact is they are two people that have just decided to kill. And it's so much, and they say it's much scarier yeah. not knowing why. They just kill because they want to kill and then they direct their attentions in a certain direction and it's so much scarier and the motive just needs to be yeah. simple don't make it too complicated or else and and again Randy I think says that as well in the movie store simple don't don't overcomplicate it don't overcomplicate it Stu's killing yeah. her because that's his ex it's like don't that's it it's better when it's simple it's it's cool um that's really funny that you went that deep into that <laughs> It's such a good thing. It hits the marks like it's it starts slow and then it goes better, and you are absolutely out of like outside of your skin. Yeah, but actually, it's like it's so well paced that the effect is more like we're so excited by it. And then the mayhem like begins, and the whole thing is thirteen. 13 minutes long, but it sets up the whole movie that you are being delivered a master class in suspense. Casey is probably, I'm guessing Casey is probably your favorite death scene. Yeah. And I actually just, I think I, I've, I like to watch just that a lot often. I just love it. <laughs> I'm weird. That's Repeat not it. creepy at all. I just like the scene. It's so good. Um, okay. But we can talk about Tatum. It's so good yes. as well, because one of the reasons why it's such a good death scene is that every decision she does and everything she does is completely earned by what we've learned about her up until that point, which is different because we don't know Casey. Yeah. We didn't know Casey. We didn't know anything about her, but we know Tatum at that point. And everything in the scene is completely makes sense with everything. Yeah, that's so true. It's, and it's built her up to the fact that she is tough. She does like to be tough. She doesn't want to be scared. She's like kind of like us, like we're resisting the – we're resisting being scared because we know how stupid it all is and she's kind of like I'm this is so stupid I don't want to be scared and and so like the same thing in that thing that she and uh, before that point they're all making fun of horror film tropes and Randy's saying you know you never say be right back Mm. they're all joking and everything like that so 100% makes sense she thinks it's it's Randy it's like totally a normal thing for her to say that it's Randy and walks towards him and she's being very playful it's it's all co- totally in line with everything yeah. we've seen up until that point. And it th- makes sense as well, just in terms of like, you're in a, you, there's safety in numbers. And you assume because you're in a house and there's a bunch of people, yeah. a, random, a killer isn't going to come along and try to kill anyone because they'd be overpowered. So yeah. it's that moment where you don't really realize that, oh, but if you're caught alone. Yeah, and but it's noisy. Anyway. And also all these little yeah. things like the garage door, we see it go up, we see it go down, we see the exit, we see her, the beer bottles, like every little thing that is set up like early in the scene means that when she starts to throw the beer bottles, we expect it. When she sees the garage door exit, we expect it. It's amazing. It's, it's brilliant. Like every bit about it is totally brilliant. Every bit about it? What every is bit? not brilliant about it? Speaking of garage doors Garage doors. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great scene. Yes. It's a great moment. Yeah. It's a great, like, kind of gross horror moment of it going up and the crushing. Scientifically, it's completely implausible and not possible at all. Why? Really? Because the, the garage door motor would never be strong enough to be able to yeah. lift the body. It would fail. Her weight added to it. So, like, 
if we're, you know taking it from a from a science perspective it's it's death wise it's not it wouldn't have happened they would have stopped drag yeah it, it would have been more realistic that it she would have that he would have like yeah and it, it would have come down but she was stuck because she couldn't get through it anyway and he would have just come up behind her and stabbed her yeah but so this actually feeds directly into my next question. So I'm just going to jump into the question and answer and give you my answer. Because the next question is, when did you shout the loudest at the screen? Yeah. And for me, my my response was, it's this bit in the garage scene. Because there's this total moment where you kind of go, there's a, it's a double take. It's like there's the first bit. It's like, yes, girl. And yeah. then followed by an immediate, no, 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 what are you doing? And it's the free, it's that moment where she just, Batters him with the freezer door. Yeah. Love it. She really has She just him. like... I, she fights yeah, back very like, cleverly. <laughs> and it makes you just go, yeah, that's... Ex- yes, it's like what you said. It's like, that is Tatum. I believe that. She just... Yes. Freezer door in the face. And then immediately it's like, but it's a doggy door. And the reason I was shouting at it was like, I get that she's like, fuck it, I've got nowhere to go. And I get that like, look, she's going to die. We know that. It's a slasher movie. If she doesn't die, then what what's going on? And it's an inventive way. But I was just thinking about it. I was like, I'd be so freaked because she puts her head through first. Mm-hmm. And that's what really stressed me out. I was like, you've battered him with the freezer door and you've put your head through and now your whole body is there. And I was just waiting. I didn't never expected the door to go up. I was waiting for him to just like stab, stab her in the her. back. Yeah. And all I could think the whole time was like, no, legs first, legs first. Get your legs through first. What are you doing? Because you so want to get out. See where he is and what he is. Because you just, you want to get out. You know what I mean? I know. But <laughs> I was just like, ah! it's a great scene. It's because we know the dumb blonde has yeah. to die, but then you know what? She's not such. A, she's not so dumb. And so and so yeah. then it starts to subvert that, and she starts to fight back. And we're like, hang on, maybe you know, maybe she'll win. And she hurts him, and she harms him again yeah. and again and again. It's it's so good. Great scene. Well done, Wes Craven. All right, my yeah. part of yelling at the screen has to be. Jamie Kennedy yelling at the screen, Jamie Lee Curtis saying, behind you, Jamie is behind you. And then Courtney Cox yelling at her screen that Jamie Kennedy has the killer behind her while he's screaming, he's behind you at Jamie Lee Curtis. And then me screaming at the screen, at screaming, (laughs) Courtney, uh, me screaming at Courtney Cox, screaming at Jamie, the screen watching Jamie Kennedy screaming at Jamie Lee Curtis at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't even... It's so funny. And I forgot yeah. about Jamie Kennedy. He's really stuck in the 90s. Ja- and, you know, we all knew who Jamie Kennedy was. We all knew who Jamie Kennedy was at that point. So the hilariousness of, Jamie, behind you. Jamie, he's behind you. Yeah. Jamie. So good. Brilliant. <laughs> it, was, it was so good. It was like space level. I think I have to correct level. you on something. <gasps> It's oh. not Courtney Cox watching. Courtney Cox Arquette. Kenny. Kenny. Oh, just Kenny? Yeah. Not Courtney. Just Kenny. Because it's Kenny's watching because he's in the van and then Courtney, and he Courtney's looks off. and he sees the guy and he's like, kid behind you. Behind and him. he opens the van door and he sees the door behind and he has that you. moment of realization <laughs> of the delay. Yeah. And he turns around and Sydney is there. And that's when Kenny dies. Yeah. Amazing. The throat slit. Behind you. It was Sydney and Kenny... And then it was behind Kenny yeah. and it was just, it's just good. Anyway, it's a series of people yeah. having the killer behind them. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. It was fun. All right, so next next up, what made your science brain light up? Okay. Is there any moment? All right, this is the thing. Okay. Wounded people. 
are unconscious mm. for the remainder of the movie when it's convenient, right? And I'm talking specifically, David Arquette gets a stab in the back, doesn't look like a huge stab, is out for the whole movie. Then Courtney Cox gets like kicked by one of them, hits her head and is just out for the whole movie. Yet Stu is slowly becoming unconscious yeah. after being stabbed in the flank, in the back, in the, you know, like yeah. six times in the arm, in the head. <laughs> and he's just like, and yet these two main players are conveniently just out for the rest of the movie because yeah. it's convenient. I think that, yeah, that that's that's the thing which I, which is so annoying cause, because they just need someone to be out of, they need to explain yeah. why somebody is not in this particular scene. And so by having them be unconscious, mm. even though your wounds... But they also... Yeah, they also need them to still be alive. That's so right. That's you can't right. have the killer kill them the way that they've killed everybody else. That's right. They kick, <laughs> they they've gotta... kick Courtney Cox into a table and she's like, ah, oh, unconscious for the ages, for ages. Classic. What was what made your science parts hurt or light up? So I was like, there's a, few, there's a couple of things, right, that I was like, oh. I could have looked at like there's the whole there's the door knock and how quickly would they have gotten away from the door there's the recording delay you've got the body going the wrong way when Kenny's on the roof and the car is like accelerating or reversing oh yeah but good one the thing that really got me and I had to look into it was the force with which Randy flew backwards into the coffee table after being shot by after the gunshot (laughs) because Right? I had never, like, have you ever really thought about gunshots in TV and film? Like, I've never really. For sure. It's not something that I've ever really kind of been like, oh, I wonder why they do that. Okay. So the thing is, Randy doesn't just fall down. He's thrown backwards with a force that propels him into the table. Yeah. But we as scientists know about Newton's third law of motion. Two interacting objects exert equal and opposite forces on each other, which means that if Randy reacted that way, then Billy should also have been thrown backwards. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. Randy being thrown backwards is straight up bullshit. But what was really interesting, right, was it made me really look at this. And I found a way more interesting question, which is why do people fall down at all when they've been shot? Because if you haven't been shot in the leg or the foot, then there's no real reason that you would instantly crumple <laughs> down to the ground after a gunshot. And there's like this really cool article, I'll put the link into it, but a ballistics expert named Duncan McPherson speculates that it's a psychological response, that we've learned it from our exposure to TV and film. No way. And like there's a kind of a component of like ducking to a safe position. Because he says that like a deer, it's been shown that a deer that's been shot in the heart can keep running for like up to nearly like 50 yards and will only fall down when they lose consciousness because of blood loss. Wow. But I just thought it was really cool. Or you're just kind of like, oh, I never thought, why, why do you fall straight down to the ground when you've been shot? No matter where. It's just like, bam, gone. D- to the ground. The, 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 the sound of the, I did remember from the movie when you said that, that the sound of the gun firing was very, very loud. And when I, when right? I was watching that, I was like, that is how loud it would be, I guess. It, I mean, it's different depending on the gun, but that sounded like mm. as scary as a gun probably does sound. I did yeah. note that as I was watching it. That's a scary sound. Yeah. Okay. But cool. I did just, it did make me laugh though. When you just see around, because it's not just that he gets shot and he falls. Like he goes up in the air and he <gasps> flies backwards into the coffee table. And you're just like, yeah. wait, what? They probably had him on strings, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. flying up. All right. One more question. 
Last yes. question. So last question is, what do you think is the killer's superpower or what superpower would you attribute to the killer? The ability to knock and then disappear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just appearing without making any noise. Hey. So invisibility. <laughs> yeah. Knocking and invisibility. Or materialization, is it? Materialization. Absolutely. He appears. Um yeah. Without any of the usual signs that somebody's coming. Um, and then I wrote, knowing how to gut somebody. <laughs> I didn't think it's easy unless. Amazing. Maybe it is. What, what do you reckon? What's the superpower? I went with classic, classic superhero genre, regeneration. Because like, yeah, Billy yeah. seems dead, dead. Yeah, that's and like, like. Okay, so. Yeah. The first death, you, like, we know it's a faker. We know that if Sydney had just looked maybe a little bit closer, she would have noticed a distinct lack of slash marks in his T-shirt from where he had been stabbed by Stu. But <laughs> yeah. he did eventually get some for real stabs, both by knife, umbrella, and then a couple of gunshots. Umbrella, One or classic. two, I can't remember. Yeah. But, like, have you seen the Netflix show The Old Guard? No. With Charlie's Theron. Oh, so good you should watch it not show movie sorry really good movie you should totally watch it Mm. but it's this idea that like old gods had like this kind of immortality but that your immortality is not um it has a it has a finite time set to it but you don't really know what that time is so you regenerate from your wounds but eventually there'll be a time where you can no longer regenerate so that's what i kind of feel like it is with billy Oh, he does it He's regenerated so from each of his injuries, but then it just got to a point where he couldn't regenerate anymore, so the final gunshot to the head. Oh, there got you go. You've, you've been able to like explain it within the universe of superpowers only. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Like, I mean, our live like, so, in terms of regeneration in real science, like, our liver and skin can heal, but, like, we just can't heal that fast. Right, And there are like animals like salamanders and stuff that can regrow their whole limbs and everything. And there is research that's being conducted into processes that trigger regeneration <laughs> and why it occurs in different ways in different animals and stuff. So it's a totally plausible superpower, but it's just in the context of how quickly it happens in the movie. Saws Billy. Bye bye. Bye bye. Do you have any final comments you would like to make on the movie? Yes. I really need to mention the comedy gold, which is David Arquette eating a soft serve ice cream while he's talking to yes! the police chief. Yes! It's brilliant. He's like, oh yeah. And he does that dad way of eating an ice cream where you do like a whole, you know, you yeah. do a whole suck on the top. and he's, he's, It goes on for so long. It's absolute comedy gold. It's so good. It's Beautiful. so good. It kills me every single time. Eating a pink, it's like a pink ice cream as well with a little cone. Like, <laughs> yeah. brilliant. That's, brilliant. Yeah, that's that's the thing I want to mention about that movie. And um, amazing. How about you? Any anything? That- um, yeah, I just want to bring up just the great line at the very start when Drew Barrymore is um, when Casey is like on the phone and they're talking about the scary movies and she's talking about a Nightmare on Elm Street and she says, "Yeah, the first one's good, but the rest of them sucked." And I just really enjoy the idea that Wes Craven allowed that line to exist. In That's the right. Movie. Yeah, the self awareness <laughs> from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, it was a it's good year a- for film because. For some reason, on my like YouTube spirals, watching when like it won best films at the MTV Awards, and it was up against these films. Ready? Independence Day, Jerry Maguire, Romeo and Juliet, and The Rock. But we can put The Rock to the side. But oh, that's a God. that's a big year for film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
There you go. Missed that time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's our that's our episode on Scream. Fantastic. Our first alpha slasher. Um, that's it for this week. We'll continue the slasher minisodes in two weeks' time with the genre-bending Joss Whedon Drew Goddard spectacle that is The Cabin in the Woods. And until then, we'll be back next week with our main episode, The Girl with All the Gifts. Come and find us on Instagram and Twitter if you dare. <laughs>